This podcast is brought to you by Mezcala Nursery, located at 6901 Orange Avenue, Long Beach, California, 90805. Mezcala, family-owned, family-ran since 2007. This place is my happy place, you guys. I'm there all the time. It's a giant piece of property full of greenhouses packed to the brim of everything you can possibly imagine, from your landscaping needs to houseplants to cactus and succulents. They even have a greenhouse solely dedicated to rare and obscure collector specimens. I'm talking, I've seen Monstera albos there. I've seen tide constellations there. Rare collector specimens that I can't even find online, I find them there. If you head over to their Instagram, at Mezcala Nursery, they keep their stories updated daily of these plants that can come and go really quick. You could miss it. Make sure to go check it out. Not only that, they treat you like family. I bring my kids with me, you guys, and I always have an amazing experience. Such great customer service, so helpful, so knowledgeable, and prices that can't be beat. Bring them a price from another nursery, they'll beat it. Bring them a price from a big box store, they're going to beat it. 6901 Orange Avenue, Long Beach, California, 90805, Mezcala Nursery. Tell them I sent you. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to If Plants Could Talk. This is Garrett. I'm your host. This conversation took place on April 13th, 2021 with my guest, Mad Potters, or Christy. Christy brought a lot of good energy into the show, and I'm very grateful to have had the opportunity to connect with her. I was surprised to find out that she has a background in cannabis as well, so that was fun. We talked about some difficult topics as well, and I was truly inspired by her ability to stand up for what she believes in and to be unapologetically herself. I really enjoyed this conversation. She was very easy to talk to, and I hope you guys enjoy. I want to touch on some analytics. I got some news last week that the podcast is charting well on Apple in Portugal. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much to the people that are tuning in from over there. Uh, I've also added a few countries that I touched on last week, uh, Argentina, Greece, Russia, Uruguay, and the Republic of Lithuania. Thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. I hope the podcast continues to grow, uh, and I hope that you'll reach out. I would love to hear from you if, if you're listening from another country or if anywhere, any listeners. Uh, I would love to hear from you. You can DM me on the Instagram at If Plants Could Talk Podcast. I'm also looking for some graphic artists right now. I'm hoping to update my imagery and to have some designs for logos and stickers and shirts. If anybody out there would be interested in working with me, please don't hesitate to reach out uh, on the Instagram. So thank you, everybody. Here's Christy. I could start by welcoming you onto the show. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate you doing this. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. Yeah. So where are you from originally? I was reading up on you a little bit. I was trying to on Instagram. I was studying your Instagram. (laughs) Uh, so I grew up in Massachusetts. Uh-huh. I um, I was adopted at three months old. So I was actually born in Seoul, Korea. Oh, and wow. then I came to the United States. I'm a citizen. I'm all legal and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I grew up in Massachusetts. I was there until I was 18. And then I moved to New York City for college. Ended up staying there probably... Um, 
10 years or so after college and then in 2017 moved out here to San Diego. Oh, awesome. Where in San Diego are you at? I'm in Fallbrook. So it is the last town or city or whatever you want to call it uh, in San Diego County before you get to Riverside. So I'm like right below Temecula. Inland. Country. Inland. Uh, not too much. We're right next to Oceanside. So the okay. beach is maybe like 30 minutes from okay. me. Okay. Cool. That's where my girlfriend's from too. And I have family down there in San Diego, Claremont it's, area. It's nice. I, I really like San Diego. I like the weather. I like, uh, you know, I like this area that we're at. We're kind of in the middle of nowhere. You can't really see your neighbors unless you try really hard. And, you know, this is exactly what I was looking for when we left New York City. That's awesome. So like the polar opposite of what you were living like in the city. <laughs> exactly, exactly. A hundred percent different. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want anyone <laughs> touching me on my way to work. <laughs> you know, it's definitely a big change. Yeah. What 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 drove you what drove you back here? Uh the weather. Yeah. Um I you know, af- after growing up in Massachusetts and then spending a lot of time in New York, I I paid my blizzard dues, and I never want to see snow again. Um, That and actually uh, my boyfriend and I moved out here to start working on a cannabis farm. Oh, awesome. Um, So we gave up our whole entire life in New York City and moved out here to be farmers and be, you know, elbow deep in dirt and run around barefoot. And it was amazing. It it was a really, really good time. Where were you at? In Mendocino? Humboldt? Nope. Here here in San Diego. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. That's even cooler. um, You know, coming from New York, we heard everything, you know, California legalized cannabis. We're Mm -hmm. like, great, we'll go out there. We'll get in the cannabis industry. It's all legal. Um, It's not all legal, (laughs) like we thought. And the farm we were working on actually got raided. And so we had to pivot and and find other things to do. But while it lasted, it it was amazing. It was one of the best experiences of my life. It really taught me a lot about being in touch with nature and slowing down and getting to appreciate life. And, you know, working for a paycheck is not all there is Mm. to do. Dude, this is so aligned. That's so crazy. I had, I had an indoor garden. Well, I've I've grown outdoor and indoor for a really long time since I was like a teenager. And, um, I actually got raided too. And I got all my equipment taken. I was running a warehouse back in 2012, an indoor garden. We got raided. And, uh, yeah, I, that, that's where like a lot of my heart lies with the plant stuff for sure. Like that's where I learned and really became passionate like with attending plants. So that's so cool that, that you did that too. It was really, really amazing. And you know, I, I still hold out hope that I'm going to find my way back into the cannabis industry Mm -hmm. at some point in the game. I I don't know when it's going to be. I'm just, you know, waiting for that right opportunity yeah, to, it's to pop up, you know, it's, it's a very difficult time in the cannabis industry. You know, everybody thinks it's, you know, it's legal now. So it's amazing. And everything's perfect. But really, what's happening is the industry is, is now catering to the big dogs with the million dollar pockets. Mm-hmm. And they're pushing all the small time farmers out. And that's, that's where I wanted to be, you know, on a small little farm, I don't want to be doing giant you know wholesale orders i want to be able to spend time with each individual plant and touch and and feel the love from each individual plant you can't do that when the grow gets to be you know over a certain size beautiful you're a non-conformist i like that (laughs) yeah fuck that fuck the mainstream marijuana stuff yeah i feel you um 
Cool. So where 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 did this begin with the plants, though? I feel like it, it must go further, like pretty far back. So huh? uh, I mean, I've been smoking cannabis forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that that started way back in college. Um, I kind of you know started to become a pothead, I guess, in uh-huh. college. But as I got older, I realized you know that's this is this is a medicine. This is you know it's not just a recreational ooh let's get high and eat lots of junk food you know it was a way for me to unwind after a long day it was a way for me to handle my anxiety and you know i i discovered early on that drinking just was not for me my body doesn't agree with it mm. and with cannabis i up until recently i haven't i haven't had that kind of problem um succulent wise i got started probably around 2015-ish mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. so. Um, again, I was still in New York City. I was, uh, you know, buying the equivalent of like one little plant leaf <laughs> online mm-hmm. uh, from somebody who is actually pretty well known in the succulent community. It's funny, we've we've since met in person, but she's just somebody I found on Etsy. Mm-hmm. I started buying cuttings. Uh, I started you know, filling my whole entire apartment up with them. But uh, what you don't know in the beginning is that succulents and small, dark Brooklyn apartments don't mix. (laughs) And so I killed every single plant that I brought into my house, whether it be a house plant, a succulent, anything in between. Um, I even had problems growing cannabis back then, too. So it was just kind of a, you know, there's no natural sunlight. I wasn't interested in getting the grow light thing going. Yeah. And I killed I killed everything. And I guess that's really what got me started on the pot journey, um, the planter pot journey, not the cannabis pot, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> because I was killing everything. So I figured, you know, if it's if it's in a nice, cute vessel, as long as, you know, and, and something dies, it's fine because it's still cute. And I can put, you know, pens or, you know, makeup brushes or something else mm. in that pot. Mm. So it's, it's a multi-use vessel. Yeah, multi-use. Uh, my sister doesn't have a green thumb, and she uses hers in her bathroom, like for makeup brushes and for Q-tips and and things like that. So, as long as there's no drainage hole, you can put whatever you want in there. Your pots are absolutely like gorgeous, man. I I admire them very much. I'm surrounded by crystals right now. Um, that's another thing that I would love to ask you about is crystals. Sorry, my phone's supposed to be on. Do not disturb. Um, it's okay. Yeah, I love crystals. I love your pots. I love resin art. And uh, cement, it, that's even more unique. Uh, I'm not even sure how that works. I don't know a lot about pottery. So do you mind? Like, I, I know you've put out tutorials. I saw that. That's pretty generous and, and kind of you to do that. You share information. Yeah. So I, like I said, I got started um, back in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. It was, you know, an outlet for me. Also, you know, I was, I was a very angry person in New York. So it was also mm. a, a kind of a creative outlet for me on top of, you know, figuring out what to do with all these dead succulents. Um, So I don't know. I guess I chose the most difficult thing I could possibly choose in a New York City apartment, cement. So, (laughs) you know, I was bringing in bags of, you know, 55-pound bags of cement into my small little apartment. And I realized it's it's a lot easier to work with than learning um, clay or throwing on a wheel and, and, and things like that. You know, I, I have all these great ideas in my mind, but my hands don't necessarily want to do what my brain tells it to do. Mm. Um, so with cement, I found that as long as I found a really cool plastic vessel, uh, like a Tupperware or something like that, and a smaller, similar sized one, 
I could make pots. All I had to do was mix up the cement, pour it into the bigger vessel, take the smaller one, set it down in there to make your planting hole, and you're good. To, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's it's uh, a unique medium where I tell people, you know, in the very beginning, I, I make cement pots, and they're like, like concrete, like that I would pave my driveway with. I, I mean, people were super confused with it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I would, I would um, put some different coloring in there and it would end up looking a lot like marble. So I used to say, you know, it's the marble look for cement price. Mm. And once people started kind of catching on and realizing, hey, this isn't, you know, sidewalk material, it looks a lot nicer than that. Yeah. Uh, it, it started to catch on and now you see cement pots everywhere. Um, mainstream you can buy them in big box stores and you know pretty much everywhere so yeah i was i was contacted um through another person in the succulent community um to collaborate with the crafters box and mm -hmm. if for those of you who don't know they are a subscription-based model where you get a different craft in the mail once a month and it comes with all the supplies you need as well as a video or workshop um you know, something that you can just watch on your own whenever you have the time. And and they said, hey, do you want to do a cement pot kit with us? And and I loved that idea. I mean, people have been asking me for years to put together some sort of kits if they're not able to make it to my in-person workshops. And it's just something I never really jumped onto because I don't have the space to be putting together these these kits so mm. you know when a company who does have a warehouse um, and can take care of all of the heavy lifting you know offered to do so I, I totally jumped on board with that and it was a really really cool thing and I love that people still to this day are reaching out to me and saying hey look at what I made with your kit I'm so surprised I was shocked I can't believe I made this where do I get more cement I want to make all the pots and that just, you know, it makes me feel good about being able to share what yeah. I do. Yeah. That's very cool that you do that. Uh, where do you find, where'd you find the inspiration to start incorporating resin? Uh, so let's see. I started, I actually started making rolling trays out of resin and I had a whole bunch of extra resin hanging out and I was like, well, maybe I can incorporate this into the pot somehow. And I, I actually started off with, with pouring the cement or sorry, pouring the resin directly into the cement. Mm -hmm. It came out looking like shit. It was the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, this is not going to work. And so I just started browsing the internet for different kinds of supplies that I could incorporate to kind of create a geode look. Mm -hmm. And I came across some, some different types of things that I wanted to play with. And, uh, ultimately I, I ended up landing on crushed glass, which um, I started using real crystal chips in the beginning, but mm -hmm. it's expensive. I felt bad about, you know, digging up the earth for more, more things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I, I went with crushed glass. It was a ton of different color combinations that I can use with it. It's, it's a ready-made product that's already out there for glass blowers. Um, so it was easy for me to get my hands on and I started experimenting with that. Um, and along the way I found, some mold makers who were doing actual crystal shapes with the resin. And I was like, oh, mm. that would be amazing if I could incorporate that into the pot. So it's really just been a lot of trial and error and, you know, letting the art go where it wants to. Yeah. Cool. So are you creating your own molds? Not yet. 
Um, okay. I, I do have an idea where I would like to partner with somebody here based in San Diego who does make silicone molds to make a mold for the geode pot. Um, right now, it's kind of like a secret on how I make the cavities sure. in my pots. Sure. But, you know, the more I see geode pots being made out there, the more I want to help people do it. You know, when I was the first one out there doing geodes, I was like, oh, well, you know, it's it's the one of one. I'm not going to give away my process. But I see it being done more and more. And I think that I can help people improve on their own geode pots. Mm. Not to, I hope that doesn't sound terrible. But, no. you know, I, I've had some people reach out and say, hey, what do you think of my work? And I'm, you know, I, I'm always happy to give tips and pointers on how to try and make them a little bit more realistic. So, you know, eventually I will come out with a tutorial on how to make geode pots. And I'm hoping to be able to offer, you know, a custom mold to go with that. But not right now. I think you would have every right to copyright this concept, actually. Um, the fact that you're even considering that is very generous. But, um, yeah, I, I understand why you would want to keep some things sacred. I mean, this is your process and you came up with it. And, and uh, yeah, that's that's perfectly understandable. I my yeah my my girlfriend's twin. She, I'm pretty sure she makes her own molds, but she's a resin artist. I should link you up with her. She's called Club Time Warp. She's San Diego based as well. Oh yes, absolutely. Please hook me up with her. I want to meet all the people, and wherever I can help another small business out, or they can help me out, I I always want to work with them. Yeah, it's yeah. all about keeping it small and keeping it handmade. Have you had a presence at all in Palm Springs? No, um, I don't think I've even been present myself in Palm Springs. <laughs> well, I'm just saying there's a there's a really growing, big growing art community in that area right now. That's why I suggested it. I know that they're, they're putting up a lot of markets and pop-ups and near Joshua Tree as well. I saw you were out near Joshua Tree. That's why I, I asked. I was, I was. Um, I hooked up with this really cool club outside of, uh, they're based in LA. It's mm -hmm. called the High Hikers. And it is a group of people who enjoy the cannabis plant who are just trying to break the stigma of, you know, lazy potheads sitting around doing nothing. You know, mm. they, they get out every weekend. They go on camping trips. They go on these wild ass hikes. I mean, man, two days after we got back, I could barely get myself out of bed. <laughs> yeah. I was so sore from the hikes that we did over the weekend, but it felt good. It felt really good to challenge myself physically and, and push myself in that realm. Yeah, I don't think that you can be a lazy cannabis grower. I, I remember being on my hands and knees and hanging trellis and creating a canopy and uh, hard work after it working a full-time job on top of it. It is definitely hard work. And for us, you know, we were, we were pretty much off-grid. So it was, if you need something, you have to build it yourself. If you want something, you have to go and get it yourself. You know, I still remember trying to pound in the, you know, railroad ties for our trellis, you know, stakes and uh, yeah. yeah, you know, if you wanted a bathroom hole, you had to dig it yourself. I mean, real hard work. It's yeah. definitely, uh, definitely humbling for sure. Getting crafty. Yeah. Those plants, uh, when they're nice and big, they're so beautiful. Like uh, I just remember the fans blowing and I, I mean, I used to walk around there talking to them. I'd be holding up my, my wand, my watering wand and like being a weirdo, just being free by myself, man. And those are some of the best memories I have is being in there and watching them blow around in the wind. And like, they have energy. There's energy they coming do. off of these plants. 100%. They you can feel their absolutely, presence. Absolutely. 
absolutely do. And, you know, they would follow the sun and they'd be, you know, smiling this way. And then as the sun moved, they'd be smiling this way and just watching that whole process. Man, I'd love to get back to growing full time. For sure. Do you think you'll ever get back into it? For sure. Yeah, I did a delivery service for a while, a couple years back, and I had I have my greenhouse now that I've converted into uh, cactus and succulents was for cannabis, but I'm not doing it right now. Um, yeah, I, I I don't smoke pot anymore, but I've gone through very many periods in time where I didn't smoke pot and I still grew pot. Um, the reason I'm not smoking it though is because of a job requirement. Otherwise, I would totally be using it medicinally because. Uh, it's been known to help people with PTSD and other, you know, substance issues and stuff like that. So, uh, I would love to get back to even uh, using cannabis eventually. But well, you're you're a substance abuse counselor, correct? correct? I can see why it may be frowned upon for you to to be a user in that capacity. Sure, yeah, but the thing, is, the reality of it is that um, it's not for everyone, but that it can be. Certain individuals, I do believe, benefit from it. I do know a lot of people in recovery that have uh, used cannabis medicinally and had some benefits. I take full-spectrum CBD every single day, twice a day. And uh, I used to get these tremors, like really, really bad. I still have them a little bit. But my uh, my anxiety gets so bad, my hands will shake like noticeably. And uh, somebody turned me on to trying CBD, and I did. And it, they nearly stopped. I've really? almost gotten a complete really? grip on it. Yeah, it um, helps with my anxiety immensely and my mood for sure. So I've only tried uh, full-spectrum CBD once in my life, and this is when I was a heavy, heavy smoker. I'm talking like on the hour, every hour from mm. sun up till sundown. And so it didn't do anything for me, and I think that's because I was ingesting enough CBD through smoking it on its own. Um, but I just read this article where they're testing CBD as a, as a way to uh, boost your immune system. Mm. And they're showing positive, uh, positive test results in CBD actually helping reduce your chances of contracting the coronavirus. Wow, yeah, I actually read that. I think I read it on Forbes, once some kind of uh, media outlet. Right. I think uh, I don't know exactly where the article came from. I think my boyfriend saw it on Reddit and just sent me the link. And so I was trying to read through the actual case study, but I'm not, you know, a lab technician. So a lot of it kind of went over my head. But the TLDR was CBD may be helpful in suppressing or something in in your body to make you less susceptible to contracting coronavirus. So that's cool. That was really fucking cool. And I think, you know, we just need to get on board with it on a federal level. So then that's going to open up a lot of money for grants to uh, start doing actual studies on, on the cannabis plant, not just in a negative sense, but you know, what can this do for us medicinally? Because you're absolutely right. I think it has the power to be able to take the place of a lot of, more addictive drugs yes. for people and and it can help people who are addicted to the harsher you know harder drugs and and kind of help wean them off you know it still gives you a sense of peace a sense of relaxation um, you can still even use it to kind of detach from the world but it's not on a level where you can't you know function without Correct. it yeah. or you re- revolve your whole entire life around this one plant yes um which, you know, I, I did for probably 17 years. I mm-hmm. was a very heavy smoker. And then this last uh, October, I started getting sick. Um, 
really, really nauseous uh, on the bathroom floor, just throwing up anything I tried to put down in my body. Couldn't even keep liquids down um, to the point where, you know, 12 hours into this, I told my boyfriend, "You, I need to go to the emergency room. It, I need some fluids. I just, I need an IV with fluids because I don't want to get to the point where I'm dehydrated and then I really do need medical help. Mm-hmm. And in talking with the doctors there, they, they said, oh, you're a chronic smoker. Mm-hmm. You probably have something called CHS, mm-hmm. which is cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to make a really long story short, we have CB receptors in our bodies and I've, I've trashed mine. Mine are not working correctly for whatever reason. And so I quit cold turkey um, and I didn't smoke any cannabis for three months. Mm. And it was hard. Not the actual quitting part. I was, I was able to put the weed to the side. My boyfriend was still smoking around me all over the place. There's paraphernalia everywhere. I That's wasn't powerful. tempted by that. But I was having a really hard time managing my anxiety and managing my sleep. Mm. And that is really what what made me realize, you know, cannabis is not just for fun. It is, yes. you know, a medicine. Yes. It, is, it is a way for people to even themselves out without having to rely on man-made pills every single day. And, you know, we've been growing our own since we left the, the, the farm. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, I, I kept talking to my doctor and saying, I don't want sleeping pills. I don't want anxiety pills. I don't want pills, 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 pills. And, and you know, I can recognize that in some situations you need those pills and they're, they're good for some people, but mm-hmm. not for me. Yeah, they're, they're not good for me. I don't want that. Um, it brings me back to a time in New York when I had migraines. I was a migraine sufferer mm-hmm. and I was self-diagnosing and self-treating basically by just eating all the pills I could get my hands on, mm. mostly just from um, old dental surgeries. You know, so I had a, a cabinet full of Vicodin and Percocet and Tramadol and muscle relaxers. And mm. whenever this migraine would hit, I would just take a handful of pills and eat them. Um, I called yeah. myself a, like a pill monster, you know, it, <laughs> but it's what I needed to be able to get up in the morning and go to work. And this went on for a period of about 30 days straight where I did nothing but cry mm. because my head hurt so bad, eat a bunch of pills and then go through some sort of dreamlike motion to get myself to work, to get through the day. And then it just repeated itself. I'd go to sleep. I'd wake up crying, screaming in pain. I'd eat a, eat a bunch of pills and then I'd be off in like la la land until it started over again. And I, I lived in Brooklyn. It took about an hour commute into the city. I had to take two different trains and either walk, you know, three quarters of a mile or take a bus. And one day I got to work and one, it was a law firm I was working at and the, mm. the senior partner there had said to me, Hey, Christy, how are you doing? How are your migraines? And I just looked at him and I was like, you know, Vince, I have no fucking clue how I got here this morning. I think I need some help. Wow. No clue. Zero recollection of getting out of bed, transferring onto multiple trains, navigating the bus system, actually getting to work. I just kind of woke up in the office and I was like, holy shit. I mean, it's good to know I'm still responsible, but at the same time, <laughs> No, I I don't want to be this fucked up anymore. I need to find a different way to do things. Mm. Um, So 
again, that's another another big turning point in my life where I realized, you know, cannabis mm. can do a lot more for me than than these prescribed pills will ever do. Yes. You know, and, and I consider myself lucky that I didn't get addicted yes. to the pills, to that whole, you know, cycle of of being fucked up constantly. Yeah. I say fuck yeah to that sarcastically a few moments ago because I know what that's like personally firsthand. Uh, that's where I got started in my addiction. And believe me, I, I, I wish with everything inside of me that I would have caught it at 30 days. Um, and, and it was very similar, you know, and I, I buried myself in opioid pills and uh, benzodiazepines for many, many years. And uh, I don't recall most of those years. Uh, full, I have full months, not even exaggerating, that I don't remember. And wow. um, I got myself into some very horrendous situations. And yeah, I truly believed that. Um, there is a way out that's not necessarily uh, the traditional way to do it. And plant medicine definitely should be incorporated into that form of treatment. And I think we're rounding the corner on that right now in society. People, you know, you got the MDMA studies right now and much psilocybin studies. And uh, yeah, uh, did that stuff can really help you. And it's made us huge. I, I can honestly speak about that. I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm open about that. Uh, those things have helped me immensely uh, in my path because it's been an on and off cycle for many years. And right now I've been off for going on two and a half years, uh, thank thankfully. And um, plants have helped me, all, all sorts of plants, um, whether that be ingesting plants, caring for plants, uh, just loving my plants, you know, having them around has Being around changed them, my life. Looking at them. Yes. There's, there's so much more to this whole quote unquote plant therapy that we all hashtag and make jokes about, but it's really, it's it really is a form, a form of therapy. Um, I'd like to ask you a little bit more about the, the psilocybin therapy. Have yes. you done this before um, yourself? Microdosing psilocybin has eliminated a lot of depression and given motivation to me in the past. I won't say when the last time I did that was, but uh, yeah, it, it has made a difference in my life, it's even with the anxiety too, because the CBD, eventually it, it kept creeping back up and, and it is now because um, I got to develop a tolerance for the CBD and, you know, absolutely, I, I was so used to taking uh, strong pills like benzodiazepines to regulate my anxiety. So it, it's very extreme uh, nowadays. And debilitating to the point to where, you know, I'll, I'll want to walk out of my job and just drop all my responsibilities because I'm suffering so much. And yeah, that that the psilocybin has helped me immensely. There's an MDMA study right now for PTSD where 63%, I believe, wait, more than that, I believe, 68% uh, of the people that participated in the study no longer fit the diagnosis. And Holy shit. And is that just like a one and done? They take... No, they, they take a round of ecstasy and then party it up and then they're good? Or is it like a, a micro dose over a period of time? No, it's a big dose. It's a therapeutic dose is what they call it. I'm actually participating in the study. Um, so it, they, they do it. It's, they call it like internal therapy, but you do it in the, with the presence of, of therapists and they don't prompt you or anything. They give it to you in a clinical setting and they monitor you and it's over a three-month-long process. And uh, I'm just now getting into it. I've been blessed. I applied in... September of last year and they called me and I broke down crying. I was actually plant. I was in the middle of, in the greenhouse planting an aerial carpus. My first aerial carpus I ever got, I was planting it and uh, I get this call and it, it was weird because it was a random ass phone number 
And I, I normally don't answer those kinds of calls, and I did. And it was the people from the study, from MAPS. It's the multi-action disciplinary of psychedelic studies or something like that. They're the ones doing the psilocybin study and the MDMA study. So uh, I'm just getting started in that process, and uh, it's a really long and difficult process, but I'm very grateful to be a part of it. And yeah, that sounds amazing. And you know, if you're open to it, I'd love to hear, you know, how it progresses for you. If you're if you want to share that, um, you know, offline type of thing. I mean, I, I did ecstasy when I was younger, Mm. you know, but it was more of a a club drug, we're gonna go out, we're gonna have a good time, we're gonna take some x and, and you know, just have a great time. But what stands out in my mind is the conversations that I would have with my friends as we're returning from the club. You know, everybody was just that much more open and vulnerable and able to share things that they wouldn't normally be comfortable saying out loud um, Mm -hmm. when they were, I guess, sober. I don't know if that's a good word to use, but when they're maybe not under the influence of MDMA. And so I can see it being super helpful in in that way you know it's almost like a truth serum but like yes. it makes you feel good about sharing it doesn't take you into the dark place where those those feelings and thoughts may normally take you while you're doing the drug <laughs> yeah you're able to revisit trauma without it triggering you and so it yes, makes you more yes. open and it, and with the psilocybin the theory is, is that it's actually creating new neural pathways in your brain uh, i mean how amazing is that you know it's- Amazing. I actually picked up a bunch of uh, capsules to do a little microdose thing mm. over here. Um, I've been a little bit nervous to try it because, um, you know, again, the last time I took shrooms was in college and it was a, hey, I got shrooms, let's get fucked up type yeah. of deal. You know, right. it wasn't for therapy, it wasn't for anxiety, it wasn't for anything other than having a really good time at the party. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't like it. Um, I had a ton of fun for the first four hours seeing all the colors flying around and buildings floating and and things like that but after that i was like okay i'm done when yeah. is this gonna go away and everyone's like you still have like 10 more hours dude and i'm like no yeah. it, it's difficult for me as somebody who is a planner i like to have plans like I, i've been like asking you like every other week what are the questions what are we going to talk sorry. about like i, I need to I'm know i'm like very go with know? the flow sorry <laughs> And you're the opposite. I mean, and that's totally fine because it puts me into like, you know, you you kind of kind of go with the flow. Sometimes you can't practice and plan for everything. You mm. can't have a script ready. And sometimes that's that's what's needed. You know, I'm the kind of person that brings an entire first aid kit on a one hour hike. Mm. So, you know, I. I do need to learn how to let go and live a little. And I think this is the perfect <laughs> example for that. Um, You're doing a great job. Yeah. You're doing a great job. <laughs> I Honestly, I, I've like hardly had to prompt you. We're already like over halfway done. So you're doing a great job. Thank you so much. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> Let's get back into plants. So what you, you, you started having trouble keeping your succulents alive in New York. That's what you said. And then you came out here. Let's talk about succulents in, in particular. What, what, how did that evolve? So I realized that in order to sell pots, I, I had to get with the people who want to spend money on pots. Sure. And the people who spend money on pots are people who like plants and not just, mm-hmm. I pick some wildflowers and I put them in vases, but people who are looking to, 
spend money on plants. I mean, for lack of a better a way to put it, put that. I mean, I see people out here spending, you know, $200 on these crazy clusters. And I'm like, holy shit, dude, like I got a pot for you. If you're willing to spend 200 on just the plant, you better believe that's going in something nice and it's not right. staying in its plastic nursery pot. Mm. And so I realized, you know, the succulent community is, is full of these people. Yes. But what happened was I started connecting with people and saying, hey, I ended up moving to the succulent mecca of the world unknowingly. Um, I found some really cool succulent nurseries. Would you want to come and meet me and go succulent shopping with me? Mm -hmm. And through that, I started meeting all sorts of awesome people. And it turned into, this is where I'm going to meet my friends. These are like-minded people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know, as, as an adult, like, how do you, how do you meet friends? Like yeah. outside of your work area? Like, how do you meet <laughs> friends? I'm not just going to walk up to random people on the beach and be like, Hey, you want to be my friend? Like that's fucking creepy. Yeah. So, so I realized, you know, sure. These people could be your customers, but they're going to be your friend first. And that's, that's what really drew me ultimately to the succulent community was that people are looking to support you. Yes. Sure. They want, they, they love small businesses. They love new people coming on the scene and saying, Hey, I'm trying to make it with my artwork and they'll support you 10 times over. But even more so they want to be your friends. They want to talk about plants. They want to hang out even when you have nothing to offer them except for, you know, the like-mindedness and talking about, uh, plants mm -hmm. sorry got distracted <laughs> it's okay yeah uh what was i gonna say oh every single person that i've had on the podcast thus far has had strangely similar and aligned things in their past and their interests uh it's very weird because yeah i'm not really sure how i've been picking people obviously i like your artwork so i i, I did it based on your art because that's all i have to work with um, but you know, I mean, I, I get to see sides of your personality and your stories and, you know, you're, you seem to be very outgoing and engaged in the community and, and a lot of people are sharing your stuff. It's just so cool to see people like so supportive of one another when your story is full of shout, like people that tagged you, uh, you know, like that's so beautiful. Yep. All these people are willing to share your stuff. Oh, Hey, I'm excited to take a screenshot of your story and post it. I mean, they're taking time out of their day to support one another. And, and it just makes me, I've never had a bonds and connections with people that felt as genuine and, and just like, I've never felt as connected with, with other people. Cause my whole life was totally different. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's, and I'd say that's, you know, 95% of the community is here for, for the support and the love. You know, there is a little bit of drama in the very beginning. I was sure. like, Oh, there's no drama in the succulent Fuck community. Yeah, Fuck is. that. No, but yeah, there's, there's definitely drama. Haters. Um, <laughs> there's haters out there. There, there are a few haters out there, but I'd say 95% of the interactions that I've had with people are all from the heart, are all from love. And when the drama does crop up, it's more of like a, oh, tell me the tea, girl. I want to know what's going on. I, it's not really involving me because I think people will realize like I'm not. I'm not about that life. I'll call you on your shit and That's right. that'll be the end of that. You know, I'm, I'm not really here for the drama. You know, ultimately, this is my business page. Um, yeah. I, I am trying to run, run a business. So I have to I have to keep that in mind, you know, and, and even my boyfriend will say, like, right, you're getting a little too political or you're getting a little bit too worked up or too angry or too this or too that. And I said, if I can't use my platform to talk about the real issues at hand what am i doing this for because i think at this point 
I've earned the trust of the succulent community and they know that I'm not going to bullshit them. I'm not going to put out fake news. I'm not going to lead them in the wrong direction. And if I feel very strongly about something, um, you know, this week it's been about the cop killings in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I'm going to share that. I'm absolutely going to share that. And at the end of the day, yes, I, I am trying to run a business. This is the only thing, you know, my main source of income. It's how I pay my bills. But if I lose followers for standing up for what's right, then they don't deserve my so art be anyways. It. Yep, they, they don't deserve my... I actually told somebody the other day, uh, this is probably the wrong page for you. Sorry, yeah. exit left. You know, they, they <laughs> tried to come at me saying that um, one of the acts of Asian hate, uh, it was the video in New York City where some guy just randomly came out of left and and beat this poor woman to the ground and then you saw the the security guard shutting the door Mm -hmm. and she tried to come at me and say well most of the perpetrators are black and i'm like what are you even talking about they're not one but two this is a this is not the narrative we're trying to spread we don't need to be separating people of color into their into their different communities you know we're we're people of color and we all need to stick together yes and if that's not what you believe in, bye. You know, and she's like, well, I started following you for your beautiful art. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. This is not a place for you. And if she's listening to this, sorry, bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't try to spread the wrong narrative on my page. There are plenty of people out there doing that. It's, it's not going to be on my page. Well, why can't somebody appreciate somebody's art and, and still like be okay with the fact that they are entitled to their own opinion? You know, I mean, and yes, you have every right to be a sovereign being on the internet and express yourself in whatever way you fucking want to, you know? Um, and I, I respect that because you have a presence, so you're using your platform, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And no, nobody should be able to speak on something that they're not, they've never experienced firsthand in their life, you know. And that's something I would like to ask you about. That's why I, I touched on it before we had this episode. Is like, you know, what what our both of our experiences have been with with racism because I'm mixed. I'm I'm you know, I'm half Filipino, half white, so that that apparently creates Mexican. And uh, so sometimes people <laughs> people want to treat me like uh, in a racist way towards Hispanics. And then there's, you know, when I smile, I look Asian apparently too. So I get a little bit of that, you know, and, and I've... So you're getting the hate from both sides. Both sides, yeah. <laughs> if they can figure out what I am, uh, you know, and, and it's been very difficult for me struggling with racial identity, not knowing who to who to go with, like, you know, like, am I, am I brown? Am I white? And, and, and I'm like a chameleon. I change with the seasons. I get dark in the summer, you know, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I read your post, uh, you're sitting in a chair and you're talking about something that you experienced firsthand. Um, do, do you mind touching on any of that? Yeah, uh, of course. Um, so let me start off by saying again, I was adopted. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a white family in a white town where the minorities were me, another Asian guy, and maybe like a small handful of black or mixed um, African-American families. Mm. Basically, I could count us all on my two hands. There was like probably 10 of us that weren't white growing up in my town, in my school, um, in high school, all throughout. And I used to play along with with what everyone thought was the way to do things, the microaggressions, the, the jokes about Asians, you know, and not necessarily from a bad place. It was more from an ignorant place. Yes. Um, 
you know, calling me Christy Yamaguchi because she was popular on mm. TV at the time. You know, all Asians mu- named Christy must be an ice skater, a figure skater, you know, just kind of mm. grouping me in and saying, well, if, if you're Asian and your name is Christy, this is who you are. Stereotypes. You know, not letting me have my own identity. And I played into it. I, I thought, you know, hey, this is this is what they think is funny. This is how to joke around and be accepted. So, okay, I'm, mm. I'm cool with it. You know, I, I still remember living in New York City uh, in Brooklyn and I had the cable guy come in to fix something. I don't know. I'm not good technology, like with technology and shit. So like he was there for some fucking reason. Who knows? Um, And he said on his way out, he's like, you know, I've been dying to ask you this question, but I'm a little nervous. I don't know if it's appropriate or not, but is it okay if I ask you? And I said, yeah, I, I don't get offended for shit. Just just ask whatever it is like. Just spit it out and we'll we'll deal with it after it comes out. Mm-hmm. And he said, I heard Asians have sideways pussies. Is what it true? the fuck? Are you fucking serious, and, dude? And my reaction actually oh my <laughs> was God. to laugh. Yeah. And I laughed I for a really long time. <laughs> and this was this was one of those things like you know, that was one of my stories that I would tell like, oh, man, you know what I what happened to me is this guy and how funny is this, you know, and everybody would always laugh and and it would be a good time. And it wasn't until now yeah. <laughs> that I realized that I was playing into the bullshit microaggressions and the stereotypes and things like that. It's it's not funny. Yeah. It's it's not. And I, you know, I feel bad for all the times that I perpetuated all of the negative stereotypes, not just about me, but about my friends who may have been of color. Sure. Um, a friend, a really, really close friend of mine sent me a screenshot of a conversation we had had 10 years ago on Facebook, 10 years ago. And it was just riddled with stereotypical jokes. And at the time, we both thought it was super fucking funny. And I was like, Rob, you need to delete this shit right now. Like yeah. this is this did not age well. And if anybody sees us talking like this, we are going to be pegged as racist. Like yeah. this got to go, got to go. But 10 years ago, we thought, this is what you're supposed to do, sure. you know, and it's only been until, you know, recently with the whole Black Lives Matter and, you know, uh, uh, somebody in the presidency that made a joke out of out of racial things, you know, making racial tensions even worse. Yeah, that it's it's really hit me and said, you know, this this stuff is not funny. Yeah. And it's not that people are becoming pussies and getting more sensitive. It's that we're waking up and realizing it's OK for us to have our own identity. That's not white. Yeah. And, and I mean, the atrocities that are occurring are just it like you can't spin it any other way. It, it's terrible. And, and I relate to that a lot. When I was a kid, some of my friends had called me a Filipiner, you know, and I would laugh. We would laugh. Right. And, right. and you know, it was a joke. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was around these like I would hang out with these fucking loser skinhead guys, you know, and because uh, that's the neighborhood that I was in at the time. And. Uh, you know, they'd call me a mud and tell me, tell, I remember one time this dude's like, put your boots on and get this fucking mud out of here, you know? And uh, I dealt with a lot of that. And then I, I was incarcerated where um, if you think racism exists in society, it is um, amplified in our prison system uh, by a lot. Everything is separated by race. You shower in a racial shower that is assigned to your race and Stop it. Really? Yeah, yes. And and really? yes, and you have to choose I had no clue. Yeah, oh my god. You have to so what did you choose? Oh well I, I ran with the Asians, but uh you, you you have to choose 
uh, who, who you run with and, and you know, that you have to have each other's backs and there's, there's all these rules and it's, it's crazy, you know, and, and it just really showed me that, that racism is still very real and exists and, and it's such a complicated problem. Up sure. Until, you know, we started to stand up and say, but we matter too. You know, we, we're here too. We're humans. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's really what I have a hard time with is that everybody is a human. Yes. You know, how are you going to deny somebody the right to live, the right to health care, the right to, you know, equal opportunities mm-hmm. based on something as trivial as their skin color? Like right. it, it doesn't make you who you are. And, you know, that that's been made very clear to me. And, and, you know, like my post said, I, I haven't been afraid to be Asian until this period mm. of my life yeah. in the past, you know, two to three years. In fact, I don't even know that I was treated any differently for being Asian or if I did, it was in those, you know, microaggressive stereotypical mm. ways that I didn't realize were bad. You know, I've had um, the occasional Korean grocer in New York city try to speak to me in Korean. And I, I know, Spanish and I know English. That's mm. it. And you know, one one guy was very understanding. Um, and every time I went in to get lunch, he would try and teach me a new Korean phrase. Um, it that is not an easy language to uh-huh. master, um, especially after the age of like four. So I don't remember anything that he told me. But I appreciated the fact that he was he was trying to teach me. Yeah. You know, but but. It also made me feel bad at the same time that he was kind of like, well, are you even a real Korean if you don't speak Korean? Yeah. You know, and, you know, he was kind of questioning whether or not I am a real Asian or if I'm Asian enough, you know, and I've I've had other Korean grocers find out that I can't speak Korean and then they'll follow me all around the store just giving me bad looks because they're disappointed in me. And I'm like sorry like i'm sorry i don't fit into your box so yeah. like you were saying you know, how, which side do i pick we're not I was, innocent i was grow you know raised in a white family i i had all of the you know quote unquote white privileges being of the accepted minority mm-hmm. race um and so now it's it's crazy because i don't know which side i belong to because i've yeah. had the Asian side say you don't belong here yeah. and I've had the white side clearly say you don't belong here so you know where does somebody like me fit in yes. I, I speak English I speak Spanish I look Asian but you know my I guess culture is is white American you know which American, is white yeah a lot a lot of my now Asian friends will kind of laugh at me and say Girl, whitewashed like, you you're whitewashed yeah like you don't know what you're talking about like i think i put on my stories the other day like a a packet of ramen that i found and i was so excited that there was more than one flavor packet on the inside and i was like this is fucking amazing like who knew about this and everybody's like "Mm, that's very typical asian like you just have never been to an asian grocery store and i was like oh goodness yeah yeah you're right you're absolutely right so it's like i don't know enough about the asian culture to claim that i'm asian yeah don't you know, I don't look white at all to claim their culture. So mm. I'm just kind of stuck in the middle of, you know, I, this is my lane and I'm just going to stay here. I relate I to belong, that. I don't belong anywhere. So I'm just going to be by myself and whatever. 
I, I relate to that so much, the racial identity and trying to pick a side, man. That's that's so cool. Uh, yeah. It, it's, but then it's like, why should we have to pick a side? Yeah. We should just be accepted as being people. But that's where that's where it shows that like not not nobody's innocent here in this because I've experienced the same thing where you're it's like yo you're a half breed kind of thing you know and uh, whatever I identify as Pacific Islander Asian I'm Filipino uh, that's how I identify it's the side of my family that I was raised with but um, yeah I, I I get what you're saying so uh, you're using your platform in, in a positive manner and, and you're spreading you know only light so we got our point out across we expressed ourselves. Um, so what, what's, I want to ask you about some plants. I actually, I do have some questions too. I have a few. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what we got. Mama sucks said, what's your favorite bumpy echeveria? Echeveria. <laughs> Mama sucks. You know, I hate those bumpy fucks. I hate all bumps. I, they're gross to me. They just make me want to gag. When I, when I first start to see them, I try to, like, pick them off, but eventually I know it's, like, a losing battle. And bumpy echeveries have no place in my garden. It, None. I hate them. They creep they're you gross. out? Yeah, they're, like, fucking warts or something growing on the plants. Disgusting. They are weird looking. <laughs> yeah, I can appreciate them, though, because some of those other desert cactus that I really like can get weird, too. Like, that cauliflower uh, aerial carpus is strange looking too you know yeah see i'm i'm a texture kind of gal yeah um i'm also a little bit of a foodie i worked at gourmet magazine for a period of time in my life and uh they spoiled me rotten so now i'm i'm kind of a snob when it comes to food so i relate things to to texture and if i want to eat them and the bumps are just no i I don't want to eat those (laughs) that's cool you associate even eating plants huh yeah, yeah. Like that's it's this one's a yummy plant. It looks good. Like it would it would be good for like a meal or it's like perfectly symmetrical and things like that. Do you remember picking flowers as a kid and wanting to eat them or possibly eating them? I do. Like the way they smelled, if it smelled good, I would eat a flower sometimes. Like oh, it smells good. I wonder what it tastes like. Yeah, but like quickly you learn that they're all bitter as fuck and they taste like shit, right. so no. <laughs> Amsiam asked, Did you have a strong connection with crystals or pottery first? Um, pottery. I'm probably going to get crucified and dragged for this comment, but I think crystals are very pretty, Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily connect with them in the way that some people do. Yes. Um, I've got a friend who does crystal healings, Mm -hmm. you know, she'll somehow like place the crystals on your chakras and, you know, it's supposed to open up the energy and the flow. And to me, they're just pretty. Okay. I like the way they look. Yeah. Um, I like the way they sparkle. I like the structure of them. I think it's amazing that nature can create something like this. Sure. And and that's that's kind of where it ends for me, which is another reason why I have no problem using resin to create my crystals because yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it holds like magical power or needs to be washed in the moonlight. Like I, it's resin. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I can appreciate that. I'm very much into those kinds of things that you were just touching on, uh, Reiki healing and stuff. And, and I kind of thought it was woo-woo too. I've always collected crystals. My whole life I've collected crystals, but yeah, for the same reason. I thought they were cool. You know, I didn't really start getting into the more hippy-dippy stuff I- until later in life. And um, I, my experience, I, I went into Reiki with uh, expecting it to be similar to a, a sound bath. I, I've done sound baths a lot. Um, it's just a calming, relaxing thing. Um, but never had I had the type of 
out of body experience that I had completely sober uh, in a Reiki session, which incorporated crystals and and bowls and energy healing uh, witchcraft, essentially, you know, that's uh, shamanism. But um, yeah, I understand why one may not, you know, look at them like that. And, and they are beautiful pieces. So regardless, you know, you're still putting some dope shit out there. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, and the crystal kid, lovers I, love it probably. I always wanted to pick up rocks off the ground and take them home. And I'd be like, Oh, this one's pretty. Oh, this one's pretty. And then before I know it, I've got a pocket full of rocks, you know, and, and just a big pile at home. So like, I've always been drawn to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, the whole believing in crystals and, and the magical powers that they hold, I, I look at it the same way as I look at religion. You know, I respect people mm. for their beliefs and I respect that you believe in it. It's just not not I haven't gotten there yet or it's not for me Understood. or, you know, I just haven't had the right eye opening connection yeah. moment with them. I, I don't know. Yeah. I can respect that. It's earthy though, you know? I mean, it comes from the planet and it goes hand in hand with plants. I can understand why you do like them. Yeah. Uh, Club yeah. Time Warp, the, my, my, my girlfriend's twin, she asked, how long does it take to make one pot from start to finish? Oh, man. Does that vary, yeah. obviously, right? I, I've been trying to pinpoint that time frame mm-hmm. for the past six months. I've been charting it every day. This is what I worked on. This is what I did. Um, but to be honest, it's it's really hard for me to say exactly the amount of time. Um, I usually have four or five different batches of pots that I'm working on that are in all different stages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as she'll know, working with resin, it takes some time in between, uh, you know, application and curing mm-hmm. um, somewhere around 10 to 24 hours, depending on how thick the resin is, the type of resin you're using, the environment that it's in. And so I always have multiple pots going at once. um, So I can be working on different parts of it. So while I'm waiting for one batch to cure, I can do a different part on a different, on a different pot, you know? Uh, But generally speaking, it takes me three to four weeks from start to finish. Wow. That's Um, incredible. Yeah, per per batch. So uh, you know, I'm I'm always working on on inventory. There's mm. there's just never ending cycle to this. Um, you know, for example, I had a I had an update last night, but I already have pots that are like one step away from the ready shelf for my next update because I've been working on them all at the same time, and it's only when I get a certain amount of pots that I'm like, okay, we'll have an update. But I'm I already have you know, the next update and the update after that in progress. Okay. Have you ever used any of that UV glow? Cause she makes these like, I, I have one somewhere, but they, she makes these, uh, little rocks essentially. And the inside of them is, uh, some UV glow resin and you can charge it in the sun. And then at night it glows. It's pretty cool. I do have some glow in the dark powder. Cool. I have not incorporated it yet. I was actually just thinking about that last night. Like, why haven't you put this in the resin yet? Um, so I, I should probably get to that. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, but I don't do like the UV resin is a totally different product than the type of resin that I use. Okay. Um, but one of my mold makers actually hooked me up with some glow in the dark powder a while ago. And he said, I don't know if, if you can use this, but try it out. Um, I tried to put it into cement. I wanted to make cement glow in the dark. Oh. It didn't work as well as I had hoped for. Um, it's still something that I want to experiment with, but you know, I'm, I'm so 
swamped, I guess, with just trying to make sure I have enough inventory for a crystal geode update that I haven't really had much time to experiment. Yeah. Um, but recently I've actually taught my boyfriend how to get involved in the process, mostly like behind the, the scenes, like, you know, taking photographs and doing listings and, mm -hmm. and the things that take me away from actually creating. So I'm hoping, you know, in the next couple of months, I'll be able to get back to experimenting and still keep up with mm. the demand for inventory. No, that makes sense. Uh, which one of your products is, would you say is your favorite? I guess it depends on my mood. I mean, I, I really love where the geode pots are taking me. Um, before this, you know, it people liked my pots, but it wasn't necessarily enough to make a living off of. Mm. Um, I still supplement my time with doing uh, plant installations with an events company. Mm -hmm. um, and that's maybe like one or two events every couple of months. It's nothing huge. Um but I'm always looking for different opportunities to kind of get involved in installations or displays and things like that without actually going as far as getting my landscape mm. uh, license. That's, that's a little too far into it for me. But, you know, working with an events company and being able to put together uh, displays that involve plants has, has been, you know, amazing for me. So with the addition of the geode pots to my inventory, it's allowed me to take a step back from the event planning and concentrate more on, on Mad Potters and what I want to do and, and just creating things uh, for my website. Um, that being said, I really do like working with the uh, non-traditional molds, um, like the skulls and the middle fingers that I have Yeah, those now. are cool. I love those ones. The middle fingers <laughs> love are dope. The the middle fingers are definitely, I mean, it's me, you know, that's, that's who I am. Big fuck you to everybody. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite phrases in life is fuck out of here. Um, it's, it's a positive, it's a negative, it's, it's good for everything. Uh -huh. And so, you know, the middle finger is definitely something that's, that's me. I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm a sparkly person. Mm. So I think it's kind of crazy that, you know, my most popular product is a sparkly, shiny thing. That's yeah. full of color. Um, I'm also a little bit colorblind. So color for me is, is super fucking hard. Um, so, yeah, the middle fingers have been super fun. And um, I, I'm plugged in here. But let me unplug for one second. Grab something. Oh, please. My newest yeah. thing. Haven't made it to the website or post yet. But peace. Is a peace sign. All right. Yeah. Figure if you're going to have the fuck you, you might as well have the peace too. A little something for everybody. Yeah. You know, you got to have the positive with the negative. Otherwise, you don't appreciate either. Yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So what, 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 with the, with the uh, plant installations, where can we find those? Uh, do you have those? Are they published at all? Um, I might have some photos on my website. Okay. I can't remember at this point. <laughs> um, so the biggest one that I've been working on is down at One Paseo in Del Mar, uh, but they are seasonal. So there was, for example, last summer there was a Studebaker truck that um, we put some surfboards in the back with a with some heart uh, a heart that was all handprints. Mm -hmm. in the back of the Studebaker and then I filled it with succulents and then I did a bunch of potted plants all around the Studebaker and it was really just a photo op for people coming down to the shopping center to to like hang out take photos and kind of bring attention um, to one Paseo mm. and then when we took that down uh, we put up a bunch of um, 
well, we put uh, an ombre pumpkin waterfall in the back of the Studebaker, and then we put together a dried floral arch that went over the top of it. Cool. Which was really, really cool. And then when COVID hit, we uh, shut down one of the streets, actually, that goes into One Paseo, into their parking lot, and we popped up uh, like six cabanas, two... Um, AstroTurf areas for people to do yoga or just stretch out and, mm -hmm. and be outside with their kids. And uh, I actually had a local company called Sand and Soil or Sand and Soleil Company uh, create these planter boxes for me. They were eight feet by three feet by three feet. So mm. they were huge. They came and delivered them on site to one Paseo. We lined the street with the planter boxes. I got all of my material, plant material from Waterwise Botanicals and uh, just installed these planter boxes as a way to kind of bring in the whole street and feel so you felt like you were on an enclosed area, not just a street that had cabanas on it. That's so cool that you get to <laughs> so do that. that. Yeah, that was probably my biggest installation. It was really, really cool. Um, I 100% admit to faking it till I make it. Mm. I had no fucking clue what I was doing. I ordered way too much soil. My boss was like, holy fuck, what are we going to do with all this? When the dump truck came and dumped all the soil, he's like, Christy, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we figured it out. Uh, we made it happen. And uh, they told me it was going to be a three-month installation. So I picked really mature plants. I planted it all up so it would look good immediately, not something that was supposed to grow in, but it looks good right now mm -hmm. for three months. And then COVID decided it was going to stick around for a lot longer. Yeah. So a year later, actually, we just installed it like two or three weeks ago or uninstalled it rather two mm. or three weeks ago uh, when when San Diego came out of the red zone. Mm -hmm. um, they said we're going to kind of try and go back to normal. So uh, we went and unplanted all of these giant plants that have been rooted into a box for the past year that mm. was probably the hardest thing i've ever had to do physically yeah um let's see if you can see this that's one of the plants <laughs> that we took oh wow it is a uh something um mcdooglii or something like that okay but let's see if i can unplug and show you so as we're unplanting it, everything, my boss says, anything you want to take, take it now. So this plant is taller than me. Wow. It's beautiful. It goes all the way down in there. And I was like, this one is, is mine. I'm taking this one home. It took a lot of muscle and a lot of cutting. I cut most of its roots off just mm. so I could get it out of the box. Um, but it'll be fine. Cutting roots stimulates new root growth and, you know. It'll be good. <laughs> sure. So is this just word of mouth or are they, do they know you via Mad Potters? I actually started working with the events company um, through one of the girls that I worked on the cannabis farm with. Okay. She somehow hooked up with this company and she called me one day and said, hey, do you want to work an event? And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. I did events in New York City. I did a little bit of planning in New York. So I, I knew what I was getting into. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just I was a worker. I was an employee. I just kind of did what they told me to do event wise. Mm -hmm. And then um, 
as they started trusting me more, I started, you know, pitching ideas and being involved in, you know, actually speaking with the client and saying, hey, this is what we can provide to you. And everything that I pitched had to do with plants. Yeah. Always, always, cool. always, always. Um, and so they kind of realized like, okay, if we have plants involved, Christy's the girl that we go to. Sure. And, you know, once I started doing the geode pots, I said to them, listen, I, I got to take a step back from a majority of the planning stuff. I used to do a lot of events down um, at Seaport Village, okay. which is a, a drive and a half for me. Um, I did a couple of lunch truck schedules. Uh, like we had lunch trucks popping up all over San Diego, and I I did the majority of the scheduling for that. And you know, I said I need to I need to take a step back. If it's plant related, call me. Otherwise, I'm I can't help you. Yeah. And so I just kind of became their their plant person. Well, I like what you said about fake it till you make it. That's what I'm doing here right now. And that's what I've done with my plant business as well. Uh, you know, just taking risks and putting yourself out there. Uh, this is relatively new to me, but I admire uh, the way you, you have, have gone about this. Um, I think it's interesting because uh, just trying new things and putting yourself out there and eventually you perfect it, you know, you hone in your craft and, and uh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know how to run a podcast, you know? <laughs> No idea. I think you're doing a great job so far, but that's, you know, that's the thing about social media, right? Is that you get to curate what people see yeah. and they see, oh, this, this, this girl got it together. She knows her shit. And really, if you meet me in life, you're like, holy fuck, how do you run anything? Like, <laughs> I hear you. But you know, that's, that's part of the game. Um, and that's why I always try to be a hundred percent transparent when I do let a little bit of myself out on my business page, like this is who I am, you know, mm -hmm. this is, I swear a lot, maybe not as much as Gloria queen bitch <laughs> who I hear is going to be on the podcast <laughs> next. And I can't wait to hear. Hers. Um, but you know, it's, it's who I am. No apologies here. If you don't like Good. it, there's plenty of other people out there that you can go and follow. Yeah. Understood. Well, you're ambitious as fuck. And I, I admire that. Um, uh, you know, thank you so much for doing this. I'm, I'm really glad that we got to do this. Uh, hopefully one day I can come see something that you're doing when you have an event. Just, you know, holler. Uh, it's hard to pay attention to everything that's going on in the community. Uh, you know, there's so much going on at once, you know? Yeah, no, I, I hear you. But you said you have family that live down in San Diego. So I next sure time you come down here, just hit me up. You got to pass Fallbrook from L.A. to get to anywhere else in San Diego. I'm like literally right off the 76 mm -hmm. which is right off the 15 so okay. next time you're down this area just let me know and, and we'll meet up we can do an unofficial meetup um i'm also having um a mini meetup on may 23rd it's mm -hmm. a sunday uh one of the girls actually my very first succulent friend here in san diego uh, maddie she used to go by mad sucks and she's now earth soul elements or earth soul wisdom something like that okay. um she had to move back to Massachusetts, which is actually how we connected. It was like, holy shit, you're from Massachusetts also, and you live now out here in Southern California? Dope. Yeah. She took me to my first succulent nursery, and we just kind of hit it off from there. We used to do um, – she did macrame while I was doing pots, so we did a couple of collaboration workshops together. We did a couple of um, – you know, pop-up events where we shared a booth. And so she's actually going to be back that weekend. And so uh, I figure we'll have a little bit of, me of a meetup here. Um, people who know Maddie, people who don't know Maddie, if you, you know, if you want to come, cool. It's, if it's small enough, it'll be here in my backyard. If it gets to a certain amount of people that, you know, is just not 
comfortable from my house, mm-hmm. we'll just move it over to Waterwise Botanicals, which is like 10 minutes from my house. Well, it's so beautiful just how many different types of collaborations you can do in this community. Plants and and these kinds of things, they all go really well together. I've done some collaborations yeah. with a macrame artist as well and uh, a resin artist. You know, we do things together all the time and they have a pop-up right now at Open Market OC, uh, Love Cat Designs. Shout out to her. Um, yeah, that that's so cool. I would, I would love to meet you and I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure. You have such good energy and, you, you know, you did a, an excellent job. Uh, thank you very much. I, I lose my train of thought often and I zone out and stuff, but I did pretty good today. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, people don't see I edit things out all, all the time, you know. <laughs> I'll like drift it's off totally into space fun. while someone's fucking talking to me and I'm on a podcast. I'm like, uh. <laughs> No, no, we've all been there. No worries. I hope you edit it to make me sound amazing. I will. <laughs> I absolutely and no, you're, will. You're welcome to come by anytime, whether or not there's something planned or not. My my yard is is an open space for people to come, hang out. Um, I know you're not smoking right now, but it is 420 friendly, so you cool. know. Yeah, well, Always another welcome. another thing that I'm working on is doing a video mini series. So I'm gonna start doing these 15 minute videos, a uh, mini series, and I, I'm gonna interview potentially previous guests. And, and future guests and other people that maybe are, aren't necessarily in the plant community, but have something similar. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about that. You know, maybe we can get something going with that. That would be awesome. For sure. I'm in, I'm not so good in like video, but you know, it's okay. I'll, I'll fake it till I make it. Well, it's your product really. <laughs> no, what's your product that I want to feature more than anything? Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Just straight up your product. I can definitely hold up products. Yeah. That cool. part I got. <laughs> Let, let's do some plugging here. Where where can everybody find all of your work? You can find me on Instagram at Mad Potters. Uh, I do have a Facebook. I couldn't tell you how to find it. I think you just type in Mad Potters, but I'm literally never on there. Yeah. I just have it because I wanted to connect to my Instagram so I could have shoppable posts. But that shit doesn't work, so it's it's kind of stupid. And uh, my website is madpottersshop.com. Cool. Well, or thank you. Or you can come by my house. <laughs> All right. I don't think I ever I knew where Fallbrook was until now, but I do now. Not. Oh, I do have to say though, there is a shop called The Mad Potter, which is in Fallbrook, mm. and it's not me. Okay. I do not. I do not own that super large fucking store slash nursery on Mission Road. That's not me. Mm. I'm just a solo entrepreneur. I make cement pots and. That's it. So that's not me. It's called the Mad Potter. They have two D's mm. in Mad and then a Potter singular. Uh, but they've been in business for like 35 years. They have multiple locations. They mostly uh, specialize in landscape plants and giant ass pots that I could like sit in myself. Um, so that's not me. If you want to come and shop my inventory in person, you have to make an appointment with me only. Awesome. Don't call them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much again. Thank you. I had a blast. This was fun. If everyone could please like, review, and subscribe, and hit that share button, that would be very awesome. Thank you, everybody.